Welcome to We're Not Wizards. We are the best, but not wizards. Enjoy the show! My name's Richard. I'll be your host for November, as he lets the dog out the door. It's the early part of November. You could say it's getting dark. Or you could say it's getting cosy. It's kind of one of the two. One of the things that you like to do, well, I like to do, is occasionally get somebody back on that I haven't spoken to ages. And there seems to have been a kind of a current, occurring thing that is happening where I get kind of people coming on. The last time I spoke to this person... They were at the beginning of what you could say was their journey. And their journey has taken them through flora and fauna, from, I don't know, knotted dice to the world of butterflies, to getting themselves into a little bit of a tussy-mussy, to dealing with experiments with foxes and foxen, and then on their way through their, as my friend calls it, and we'll get around to this, they call it the burb girth. Burb girth. <laughs> right through. Right through to, I'm. I, I think you could probably say they're a pretty fun guy. I've, <laughs> I've got Elizabeth Hargrave with me, who's, <laughs> and regrets I have a few. One of them is agreeing to come back on this nonsense show. Um, how are you? Are you well? First of all, I'm quite well. We just had Halloween last night, so I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> so I've actually caught you on like a kind of a, sh- a sugar, a sugar, a sh- yeah. sugar come down. Yes, we may be a little punchy today. So, so at any point, you might just like go. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh she's. They've, that's them off. They've gone quick. Get the blanket and put it around them so you can have a little sleep. Um. Okay, so I guess the question is, did you then go out, kind of Halloweening then, trick or treating? And is that why you've got all the chocolate? Or did you do what I do, which is go to the local supermarket, buy lots and lots of sweets, and then sit in the dark with the lights off and a couple <laughs> and a couple of bear traps in the front garden? Bear traps? Well, <clears throat> you need two. The first one is like a warning shot and it stops the other kids from coming into near the house. And then at the end of the night, you can say, oh, that's a real shame. I didn't get any trick-or-treaters again, but I do have all of this candy. That I now have to I see. Eat. I see. Is that? Yeah. So my Halloween tradition is, um, I go next door to my best friend's house, mm-hmm. and we have a fire in the front yard, mm-hmm. and they have decorated with tombstones and skeletons. And last night, our innovation was that the skeleton was handing out the candy. So he, the skeleton had a hand out, mm-hmm. and there was candy in the hand of the skeleton, mm-hmm. and also in the mouth. And, um, you know, the teenagers thought we were super dorky, but the little kids were kind of terrified to get their candy. <laughs> I, but then again, childhood is all about mixing in kind of joy with trauma. 
right. <laughs> and, you know, and, and facing your fears and being brave. It's I, all a thing. Was it, it was good the, for them, it was, I'm sure. As Calvin's, as Calvin's dad would say, it's all about building character. Being terrified yeah. about a, a some kind of like evil man <laughs> kind of giving you candy that's actually a skeleton would be kind of like building, would kind of like be by like building character. So what basically what we're saying is, you've we've got to keep talking because otherwise at any minute you might just and just shut down and that'll be it. Oh no, I I still have chocolate with me. Oh I'm okay, it okay. Going. Well, that's that's that that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I am. Um, I discovered that um, in the interim since we spoke last in. February of 2019, that I have discovered on top of the celiacs that I also have some kind of lactose allergy, so I can't even touch oh, no. chocolate. So, you know, uh, thanks for reminding me the fact that I can't share the chocolate joy Ugh. and rubbing it in by... Even, like, you could probably get really dark chocolate that doesn't have milk in it, right? Yeah, but dark chocolate's awful. <laughs> do you know? Do you know who drinks dark chocolate. Oh, I love it. No, it's the same people that have a glass of like red red, really, really red wine. You know the type of red wine mm. that you kind of look at yeah. it and you can't see through it and they drink the red wine and they would have some dark chocolate and then they would have a slice of Stilton cheese mm, yeah. by, by I'm that person. By itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I tried last night for the first time? Do you guys have a candy called Warheads? I've these? heard of it. Is it the one that's, yeah. is it like you really super sour or super? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So sour that my spouse like put one in his <laughs> mouth and immediately spit it out into the campfire. I would have said it'd be funny if it spat it out at one of the kids. Because <laughs> no. the kids were really excited about them. That they were in the, they were like, oh, warheads, I'm totally taking one of those. So I try one and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) So, okay. So is that why we're in kind of mushroom territory? I mean, are you the type of person that's going about going like, kind of like, well, this is slightly poisonous and it tastes, are you kind of building yourself up? Like, you know, are you like kind of... I'm not interested in the poisonous. (laughs) The kind of the dread pirate Robert's and the princess (laughs) bride saying that I've slowly kind of built myself up built so up I can drink resistance. so I can actually have iocane powder. So you're kinda of going yeah. up through kinda of like red wine, stilton, chocolate, warheads, poisons. Amanitas, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you could be sneaking under people's houses and just like getting the rat the <laughs> getting the rat <laughs> the rat traps and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> getting myself that's terrible. Imagine saying that. You're like successful and could probably have me killed. If you if you put a call into your, I don't feel like I've I don't think I've reached that level yet. No, no. I mean, I mean, it must be because I had questions lined up, right? And I'm just gonna get my I'm gonna get my book of questions. I'm gonna show you all the questions that I had. There you go. It's all an impressive (laughs) list. It's an impressive list. I've already we've already sent you questions because if you'd got this issue of Tabletop Gaming Magazine. You, you would have seen, you know, people out there would see the questions that I have the ability to write. When I do the podcast, it's just a stream of consciousness that comes off the top of my head. But one of the things I wanted to touch on was that, like, four years ago, things have dramatically, I would say they've dramatically changed for yourself. You are a name. Yes. 
you know, there are yes. names in, in a, there are names in like a yeah, but in like this tiny slice of the world, not so tiny, growing slice of the world <laughs> that is hobby board games. Yeah, no, but it's still like, but like I can still go to the grocery store no problem, right? Which is it's it's a nice kind of fame. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, but what happens if you run into somebody? Do you ever? I mean, obviously at conventions. But you, have you ever yeah. had, have you not had your kind of like, it's you, isn't it, kind of moment where somebody's kind of come up and says, I, are you? <laughs> the the closest I've come is, um, I'm in like a neighborhood group on Facebook where people give stuff away. Uh-huh. It's like a buy nothing mm. group. And uh, I just, I participate like a normal person in it. And every once in a while, people are like, oh my God. <laughs> I would like this from you, and also, can I bring by my copy of Wingspan, wow. and will you sign it when oh. I pick up this random piece of junk that you're giving me? <laughs> it's like, well, here's your, here's your three spoons that you asked for. Um, exactly. Okay, if you just give me that. I'll, I'll kind of, yeah. I'll kind of, and, and I have a sharpie. Sure. <laughs> yeah. What did they ask you to sign then? Did you just have to say best wishes, or they say, you know, may your wings always be spanned? Or I mean. I mean, do you, I usually I don't usually say any, I probably should be more creative about what do I you draw say a bird when I on sign it? things. I mean, I know there's a bird in I the box. I do the I do the like the little V shaped bird, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the ones that, Sometimes. that people like paint these glorious like beach scenes with pastel, and then you see them get when they're they're getting the char- no. they get the charcoal oh, yeah, paint yeah. out and they go, whoa, whoa, and they go. Yeah, and there's a seagull, and it's like it's not a seagull, yeah. but I'll let you off. Right. So is. sometimes when I sign, I'll do one of those, but that's about it. I mean, my name is very long; it already takes up a lot of space. Yeah, but could you not like? I mean, we could like in the R. You could potentially make a kind of a little bird shape in the R, and then there would be two R's. Yeah. And then you've I got like the, that I came on your podcast and, and we're the, workshopping. And then you've my, got the well, we're just you know my autographs here. <laughs> I you know, or you could just put a big. I don't know. This is something we should work on. Because yeah. I, I mean, I got a feeling that you know, um, you know, wingspan is is, is obviously the gift that kind of keeps on, that kind of keeps on giving. But <clears throat> obviously, wingspan's here, and wingspan's obviously set, sitting in the background. And are you going to end up like Alec Guinness with Obi-Wan Kenobi? Having, are you ever worried they're going to have this body of work out there and everybody's going to remember you for like the one game? Or do you still put yourself in, do you, do you ever kind of disassociate yourself from Wingspan just to say like, I've got, I can't kind of ride the, sh- the sharp tails of this. I'm going to, jump into this and do this kind of differently or do do this or do that. Do you ever feel... I mean, both. I don't, I don't mind... Like, <laughs> I will never mind being associated with Wingspan. I'm not going to be like, stop talking about that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've tried with the other games that I've done to make them different. I'm not doing, like, variations on the tableau. Mm building engine builder ad infinitum right like they're all quite different from each other so um i don't know i guess i want it both ways (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm happy to be known for wingspan, but I'm trying I'm, to do exactly. other stuff too. Gonna... We'll see if any of them ever hit. Uh, I, but also, like, wingspan is so off the charts successful yeah. that I don't feel like I need to chase that. Like, mm. I'm just comfortable with the idea that none of my games will ever, like, find that lightning in a bottle again. If they do, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But does it does it make it more? Does it take the pressure off then? If you've got that, I think mindset, it does a little bit. Kind of set it's just that it's like so above and beyond what normal board game designer experience is that it's just like its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It must because it must be. You must still meet people that are trying wingspan for the first time because let's face it we oh, did yeah, say like it's time. like a little we can talk board games and it's like well everybody that plays board games thinks everybody plays board games but board games themselves are like a small minutiae in the kind of the whole kind of hobby the whole kind of hobby space so i'm guessing you must still get people going oh i just played this for the first time have you heard about it it's called it's called wingspan <laughs> are there expansions right. yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah yeah. Well, now we're almost five years out from when it first came out, right? Yeah. So there are people that just like have discovered board games in those five years. And, yeah. And you're like um, potentially one of the first or second games that people play. Yeah, that weird? was weird. I, that was not really my intention. I think Wingspan's a little difficult for your first board game, but I think the theme for some people gets them to stretch mm. and do it. Yeah. Um, because they're motivated by the the subject matter. I also wonder if it's like the presentation as well and li- like the little things like the eggs and the little food yeah. tokens yeah. and the little plastic trays that you put everything in and let's face it, the bird feeder and the card art. It all kind of rolls into one that it must. It's almost like it's always because str- when you put it on the table, it's got a table presence and that table presence isn't. It doesn't look like a complicated table presence, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You've got a very, very yeah, kind of Yeah, it's open... kind of cozy and non-threatening. Yeah. And then maybe that makes you feel okay about the fact that you're working really hard <laughs> well, to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, but in fairness, there's not like, if you lay out kind of like the boards for Wingspan, you're not got like little, there's not tons and tons of little kind of tokens and icons kind of everywhere. There's a couple. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not until you actually, you're into your like second or third round and you've got kind of like birds here, there and everywhere that it starts to fill up with icons. I mean, if you lay out like a tip, you know, a, a kind of, I guess, a typical kind of light medium weight kind of almost like Euro game, then there's always going to be little boxes with little icons and things like that. And yeah. I think yeah. Wingspan does a good job of kind of almost disguising itself kind of, kind of mm. like a, kind of like a, a, away from that in terms of then what about like the other games that you've done so far there's like obviously there's mariposas which and tussy mussy which was short they were pretty quickly on the on the heels of kind of like wingspan yeah and then after that you went into you kind of went into the kind of the fox the fox experiment if i'm right yes um now that's in the process. Am I am I correct in saying that's in the starting to get in the process of kind of like fulfillment? It should be. They had some yeah. copies at Essen, mm-hmm. so some people are playing it. Um, I haven't gotten my copy yet, but <laughs> it should happen any day now. The fulfillment from the Kickstarter, um, and the retail release date is November twenty second. 
Are you? I mean, so are you not like getting on the phone to them and saying, "Don't, don't, you know, kind of who I?" <laughs> I was just mentioning this to another publisher. It's actually really common that the oh, yeah, yeah. the designer copies are just like on the list of Kickstarter backers. We don't get them any sooner than anyone else, which is weird to me. I was just mentioning this to another publisher of like, there should be a little tier for the people that get the first copies. <laughs> just the other day, I live really close to Matthew O'Malley, yeah. um, who just had a game come out called First in Flight. And I had my copy like two weeks before he did. Is that I was the one- trying to get him to take my copy and give me his when it came. But Is that the one know, where you know. you're... Um- you play you play like an inventor who's basically racing around a track and you've got to like repair your engine it's like a deck builder basically and you're it's like a push your luck kind of deck builder yeah yes yeah yes. yeah i was play exactly. i was playing that on friday yeah i played that game yeah. i played that game on friday because one of the guys at the the game group was kind of like um i've got this new i had brought expeditions <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and expeditions was like oh no 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 it'll take too long and it's like no no it's really easy to play and they're like no 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 and it was like okay well, what do you want to play then and it's like well I've got first in flight and I was like oh okay so we looked at that so we played a four player game and uh-huh. at the beginning it's kind of like um, you play like three three four cards and you go like okay I'm going to play this one it gives me a one and then this, this one's going to be a two and then it's oh no this one is a is a crap is a fault and then oh this one's a another fault okay i'm going to descend and then you draw another two yeah. cards to decide if you descend but by the end of the game you're literally laying down kind of like 20 cards all right? in one yeah. because you've added like you've got the ability to basically add on the ability to to protect yourself from there being wing faults and you've also got the ability to kind of circumvent some of the faults that occur so you can end up just going like do, 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 do. So I think I, I think we all ended up at the beginning. We're like, there's no way we're going to get to 15 and, and become famous. Because if once you have a flight path of 15, you become famous. You flip your card and you kind of get extra skills. Um, <clears throat> but by the end of it, there was like the, the when we the 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 last player, Andy, he played the last round. He played his last turn, and he managed to get up to like 45. Wow. So I don't know if you, have yeah, you had it. It's so satisfying. <laughs> yeah. I play tested a bunch. I haven't played the oh, final production company yeah. yet. But it, yeah. I, my only concern with it is I thought it took a little bit longer to kind of get going. Mm. But then all of a sudden, everybody's kind of going at once. So it was quite, yeah. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. cool that you can. Yeah. yeah so that yeah. must be, you know, getting your copy, you got to wait with everybody. <laughs> Well, the joke <laughs> the joke is that everybody at Essen gets their copy first, and then the, right. and then the Kickstarter people. Because I've seen I've seen the number of Kickstarters I've seen that when it's like, oh yeah, we're you know the we've kind of shipped our stuff to, to Essen. Because if we don't ship our stuff to Essen, then uh, there's not going to be a company to kind of do it. Um, do you still go? So I'm guessing that you've still got like the prototype of the Fox experiment. I do. So, yes. and I actually I have a copy that they took to Gen Con right. before the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty nice. It's not like my crappy prototype, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, if I want to show it off to people, I have a copy that I can show off. That's pretty close to final. But so, do you then have like drawers now? Do you like have a, an entire kind of prototyping kind of drawer? You know how, like, oh, like you know, I, 
many drawers. <laughs> How many drawers? One, two, three, four, five, six, eighteen. Like tw- like twenty four drawers in my office. Could you go like? <laughs> could you just like reach in and go? Okay, you want meeples? I've got I've got dice. Look, yes. I've got dice here. Look, look, there you go. There's there's dice. You yes. want dice? I have like. <laughs> so here, I'll pull okay, it let's out. Here we I go. have the, the red the co- supplies in this little drawer. So Canada here Elizabeth we've got get, wow. the red meeples and the red pawns and the red discs and cubes and poker chips. <laughs> it's kind of like the know. board game version of the A team from the eighties. <laughs> Where Hannibal comes in and says, "Oh, quick! They're gonna—I can't do a George Pepper. I should do a George Pepper impression, but I won't. Um, but you'd come in and say, look, 'Look, we've got five minutes until the bad guys turn up, and we've got to make ourselves a worker placement game.' <laughs> <laughs> and you just get Highland Mad Murdoch on the case. You're not allowed to call. You'd right. like call him that now, would you? <laughs> no, that would be—that would not be good. Um, so you've got surrounded by drawers, surrounded by components. So do you? So you've got a nicer version of the Fox experiment then. And is the version that you've got, is that nicer than the actual final version you're going to get? No, no. No? It's not as nice. Yeah. Do you automatically get... There's still like stickers on things. things. (laughs) Do you automatically get like the deluxe, deluxe Kickstarter version? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They are nice enough to do that. And a case of them. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of a standard mm-hmm. contract thing. You get a case of your game. Oh, that's all right then. Which is usually like six copies. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you do? Yeah. What do you do with that? Do you then do you hang them hang on a couple, you know? Yeah, I give, you know, a copy to my parents. Oh wow. <laughs> and my brother who actually plays it. And then um yeah, I keep a bunch as demo copies because I get invited to do a lot of different events. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. maybe at some point I'll start to retire the demo copies and give them away or whatever. But but at first, it's definitely useful to have more than one copy. Do you go around to your parents yeah. and say, look, here's another game. <laughs> that you will never play. <laughs> how, well, well, how, how did they react to kind of like... Were they kind of when you... Because I guess there must be... Because I, I know my what my mum and dad would have done. They would have went, all right, okay, go on into this, are you? Okay, on you go. Um, but I mean, it was it was just a side gig, yeah. so they were like, okay, we don't really understand, yeah. but fine, whatever. If that's how you want to spend your time, yeah. and then all of a sudden, by the time I quit my job, yeah. it was like such a big deal that they kind of got it. I don't, I, they've been fine. <laughs> You know, happy that I'm doing what makes me happy, yeah. but they don't understand it well enough to be like super supportive. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, but it must be like kind of like when you've got like the accolades and stuff like that, where you've got the board game uh, geek gold medals, and you know, yeah, that must be kind of cool to kind of like look. Here's my medals. <laughs> Right. I don't know that they really have context for it. Like, my dad has a wall of medals. He ran a marathon in all 50 states in the United all States. Right, okay. Like, he has, <laughs> he has a lot of medals, too. <laughs> so if you have a medal off, he's like so, that. So did like, did you go to North yeah. Dakota? Because see that medal there? That's me running North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I better not say that. Connie Vogelman, she'll come after me. Because she's from she North Dakota she's South, South Dakota. Dakota. She said it's better than North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> so weird, weird connection. I used to work for a senator who was from South Dakota. 
I helped represent the people of South Dakota for a little while, even though I have no personal connection to the state. But he was the minor, majority leader, actually, eventually in the U.S. Senate. So, do you miss it then? Working? Do you miss it? Kind of no. working full time then? No, not at no. all. Not even though no. it's like. It's like you get these people that win the lottery and they're just going to say, nah, I'm going to keep going my job for a little while. And it's like, are you literally insane? <laughs> I'd be quitting my job tomorrow. You know, it's like if somebody says, oh, if you know, if you could podcast full time, would you kind of do it? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you are you being like, are you being silly at the moment or what? Um, One of the other sides of it, because we can talk about um, games all the time, is I notice... On the website, you're like, kind of like, if you want me to come and talk at your event. That must be a surprising thing or a new thing. Was that an expected thing? No. (laughs) And the interesting thing is now I get invited both to board game things, Uh which was sort of expected. But now I'm also like, I get invited to to be a guest at birding. events (laughs) events <laughs> that was which is cool yeah. um so like i went to the indiana dunes birding festival last year and they paid for me to go to indiana hang out during that. migration season it was beautiful be lovely. Were lovely people did you not including wingspan fans like you know so but did you not feel you had to kind of like swat up on the event and what birds were going to be there and stuff just in case somebody asked you somebody asked you a question yeah i do feel like people possibly overestimate my birding expertise i mean i'm a birder i know more than the average american about birds but you know in in contexts like that i'm like a rank amateur right compared to some of these people but including my spouse so yeah i like i get to like kind of hide in his shadow a little bit <laughs> <laughs> just like i'm taking a look between my- the two of us we know what we're doing <laughs> my advisor is here they have to come to indiana with me it's like why it's like <laughs> yeah. well okay because if they don't come along there's a potential i might look a little bit daft when i get asked <laughs> exactly. I get asked exactly. when i get kind of kind of along but on <clears throat> I guess on the other side as well, are you getting asked along to kind of like, I I hate these kind of labels, but do you get asked along to like women in event things as well, as in business and stuff? Not, I haven't yet outside of those two ah, contexts. Okay. I'm trying to think of whether I have. But um, okay. No, mostly. mostly I, I've asked a couple, I've asked, was it... Um, is it Carla Cop about this? Uh-huh. And I've asked Janice Turner about this. And I think I probably mm-hmm. maybe asked you about it at the time, but this was before, obviously, Burbgirth took off. And that's the name. It's my friend Leo, right? And he's just amazing. But he says, he says, I'm not going to call it Wingspan. I'm going to call it Burbgirth. Because, it's first of all, it's funny, but it's also true. But so that's why it's so... That's what we we don't call it wingspan, we call it burb girth. Right. Are we bringing along burb girth? And burb girth has become like a regular game that comes along. And are you getting the burb girth expansions? And it's like I don't know. Could you expand burb girth anymore? <laughs> and it's like it's not rude. It just sounds a bit. It just sounds a kind of like a bit weird. But my question, circling this back, 
into some kind of semblance of sanity is would you do you want to just be known as a board game designer or do you want to get known as as a as a female designer or here's a women board game designer I mean it's the next stage because I know that you're very very kind of active on inclusivity and things like that and I guess my question is as a person is it do you want to be do you want to be invited along to an event because people respect you for what you've done or you want to be invited along to the event because you look like you're ticking a couple of boxes to keep somebody happy and it's good for the optics both I actually think it's useful to tick the boxes Mm -hmm. because I think we have to normalize the idea that anyone anyone can design a board game. Uh Uh-huh. And I think if you have lots of panels or whatever that are just a bunch of white guys, then everyone like forms that mental image of who designs board games and maybe they don't consider that the possibility that they might want to design a board game if they're not a white dude, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I do think there's an actual value in ticking the boxes, so I am fine with being the token woman <laughs> game designer on your panel <laughs> that, for now. That was good, because I was going to have a panel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to have a panel. Um, but also, you know, a lot of people are aware of the the list that I put together. Now it's a, a geek list on Board Game Geek that is like all the women board game designers that I could put my hands on. Because um, back in 2019, a lot of people would say to me in interviews, so you're one of the only women designing board games. What's that like? And I would be like, I'm I'm not, not. like that's overstating it a little bit. Like there are hundreds of women designing board games. Yeah. They're just a small fraction of the thousands of people who are designing games but there are a lot of us Mm -hmm. um so and also i think um it's kind of like as a podcaster like myself is making sure that i am appearing i guess welcoming to anybody that wants to come on the show and also at the same time it's me getting somebody on the show because i want them to be on the show not because i i I'm getting this person on the show because it ticks, you know, how many Hispanic creators have I had in the last kind of year or whatever. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just getting somebody on because I want to speak to them because it's interesting. And because, to be perfectly honest, um, you know, getting somebody on from a different walk of life is always going to be more interesting because you learn an awful lot more kind of like about it. Right. Like I had Will, right. William Burgos on who... Um, He's uh, Draco Studios, but they're based in Mexico. So the first thing you learn about is like the, the gaming scene in Mexico and how it's different from the gaming scene in the US yeah, and everything like that and how yeah. it's, it's different from the gaming scene like in, 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 in kind of Europe and that kind of thing is always is always kind of very, 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 very kind of interesting to me. Anyway. Um, oh my goodness, guess what? It's like half an hour in, so we have to talk about this game. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, what? Don't ask me about the game. He's oh, having such a fun time, and I've got to start talking about board games as well, and I just can't. You know, I don't know about you. We could talk about right. Okay, um, with it coming into Halloween, and when they're coming into the kind of like November, we are going to talk about Undergrove. I'm just like you know, but 
Were they getting dark? I mean, have you got kind of like a comfort food snack that you go to as it's getting darker, <laughs> as it's getting colder? And does it anyway involve oh. eating poisonous mushrooms? <laughs> I eat a lot of non-poisonous <laughs> mushrooms. Right, okay. Because you go foraging, is that um, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I've been a mushroom forager for decades. Um, we had a lot of mushrooms this fall too. They're slowing down now, but we got, um, some really nice rain and like just the right conditions mm-hmm. and, um, all these giant puffballs came up. I had, I had one puffball that like was larger than a soccer ball and weighed four pounds, whatever that is in what you're kilograms i don't know it's pounds no pounds i mean we don't, you know that's what <laughs> oh you do pounds yeah, we do pounds we can do pounds oh. i know right. actually i know my what, what my weight is in pounds no not in pounds in stone more than i yeah, do stone i've never understood where does stone come from i don't know i think it's actually it's like the abstract measurement of something somebody kind of went well this measures a big this this is an average an average weight of something heavy as a stone <laughs> who knows Set aside the fact that stones can be absolutely any but size that's the at all. Point, is it? I mean, somebody <laughs> kind of went, somebody somebody went around telling other people, right? That's a stone. That's how heavy it is. Yep. You know, I was learning a rid- ridiculous fact the other day because sometimes it's like YouTube is a terrible place, but sometimes on these short things, depending on what you're kind of what where you go in the kind of the algorithm. I ended up on kind of like Neil deGrasse Tyson's kind of shorts that he does. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about the kind of the um, the origin of where the meter came from. And it was something to do oh. with kind of like um, dividing the distance between the North and South Pole that went through the French, the French observatory in Paris. Dividing it by a certain amount gave the distance of like a meter or something. And that's where the term the meet that's where the term meter came from, and then um, you know so the whole foot and stuff like that that's all obviously different. That's just somebody in the UK or England or whatever coming up and going a foot we like that. But um, yeah. the most interesting one is I'm talking about. You ever heard the thing about why train tracks are the size that they are? I feel like I have, but now I it's don't It's all to do with, like, horses, is. the size of horses or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, To do yeah, with, yeah. like, the, the fact that... That now is, like, totally <clears throat> arbitrary, yeah, but at the time it, goes, it was very important. Yeah, it goes back to, like, the yeah. Roman days, where they were making yeah. the roads and they had, like, the, the guts in the oh, right, road like and the, stuff like the that. The ruts in the road. The ruts in the road, and, and then yeah. everything yeah. that was built on from kind of stuff from there was kind of, yeah. like, built around this, the fact that it's, like, the size of two horses' arses. <laughs> Side by side is the entire the entire way the distance in our civilization is kind of built on. Yeah. Can you eat puffballs then? I mean, bringing it back. Yes. Can you? Yeah, yeah. You can eat puffballs. Um, there's a I don't know if you get a a mushroom called hen of the woods, but that's a fall mushroom for us that we that was going crazy this year. So yeah. Lots of mushrooms, and um, we're supposed to get our first freeze tonight, so we're ah. picking everything out of the garden and bringing it in. And um, we do we grow a lot of butternut squash, so we'll be eating that all fall and winter. Oh. 
yeah, that that's something that I associate with this time of year. See, for butternut sure. squash is a thing that a lot of people associate with. Um, a lot of baby recipe, baby food recipes over oh, here yeah. are all about butternut, butternut squash. Yeah, because you can puree it yeah, right up. It's got it, a little exactly. sweetness to it. You can it boil and, it yeah. for like 10 minutes and then it's ready. And you can yep. puree it up yep. and it's sweet enough that a, a young one will kind of eat it up. And it yeah. also contains enough nutrients as well. I was always under the impression that a puffball kind of was like, it's like a raccoon try and eat candy floss that you would just start to eat it and it would just like it'd go and it'd actually be really small but is it kind of is it not kind of like just a big ball full of spores or is it actually quite solid like and like you're st- so when it first forms it's solid right and over time the solid sort of fleshy mushroom that's very mm. much like a mushroom mm. that you would eat it sort of disintegrates into spores oh right okay um that are in the like the outside skin of it sort of persists right yeah, yeah, yeah. so the inside of it turns into spores and then that's when it puffs right yeah. that, like if if the outside of it gets pushed on the spores puff out but um before the spores are ready there's a stage that you can eat it you don't want to eat the spores they're gross are they not poisonous? because i was because my i don't know if they're toxic but they're just like it's powder like how would you prepare that I don't know. They might also be toxic. I don't know. <laughs> Going to the nightclub. <laughs> what are you doing? It's like pixie Puff, sticks, I'm right? Pu- like... I'm doing puffing mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Going out there like this, dancing away. What's he on? He's on the puffers. He's on the puffers again. Oh. Um, what do they taste like then? Because my thing with mushrooms is they all have kind of slightly, slightly different tastes. They do, and puffballs have very little taste. Oh. People call them tofu of the woods. <laughs> So they're like, they're really good to marinate. Yeah. Um, or people will also like um, bread them and fry them and make like a parmesan, like you would yeah. like you would do with eggplant for parmesan. You can do it with puffballs. Wow. Because the other thing that I've seen people do with mushrooms is kind of cook them and then shred them slightly so they almost end oh, up yeah. like a pulled pork type yeah. of thing. I bet you could do that with a puffball. Wow. I'll have to try that We sometime. should just do an entire podcast so about sauce. mushroom and fungus. Mushroom Are they all called? Yeah. Right, so what's the, what's the difference between a fungus and a mushroom then? Is it just nomenclature? Is it like weeds and plants, basically? Um, so technically, fungus, fungi is the whole kingdom. Right. Um, and not all fungi produce mushrooms. Right. Which a mushroom is the fruiting body. It's like the reproductive parts ah, okay. of the larger fungus. I'm not, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm not, there's no sarcasm. <laughs> I'm not gonna kind of come in and go no yeah. <laughs> um, so is that so? Was kind of an undergrowth kind of simmering away in the background? Is this like is this is undergrowth the kind of the game design? Was that something that's already that's always kind of been there that you've always went? Oh, I'm, I wouldn't mind kind of making a a kind of a game based I, around it. I wanted to do a mushroom game for a long mm. time. I started one that was more like pay, playing from the point of view of a mushroom, mm. and you're spreading your spores around and stuff like that. And I couldn't really get it to work. Yeah. That's the angle that there was just one on Kickstarter called. Mycelium, mycelium yeah or mycelium yeah. um that they 
they went from that side. Um, and what my friend Mark and I did who, when we started working on Undergrave is we decided it would actually be more fun to play from the point of view of a tree so that you can interact with lots of different mushrooms because if what people want is pretty mushroom art yes we need like an excuse to have lots of mushrooms and not just play from the point of view of one species trying to spread around right um so that was like the first design decision we had to make was okay you're actually a tree and it's about the way that trees and mushrooms yeah. interact, which is what I fundamentally wanted to, to talk about with the game, mm-hmm. was the, the fact that mushrooms and trees trade resources. Because trading resources, obviously, yeah. implies yeah. that you can do a game about yeah. it. <laughs> but, I mean, you've introduced like clever words like uh, mycorrhizal. And I don't yeah. even know if I'm pronouncing that right. I say it mycorrhizal, but one <laughs> nice thing that sort of exists in in the mushroom hobby is people always say, like, nobody knows how Latin is supposed to be pronounced because it's a dead language, so you can pretty much say it however you want. <laughs> I don't know, I could probably annoy a couple of people with a way <laughs> Your Latin teachers of the world might disagree. Yeah, I but, mean, exactly. Yeah. But then, again... <laughs> but apparently, actually, there, there are distinctions between like there's church latin and there's scientific latin and there's historical latin and those three groups of people do not agree about how things should be pronounced so if they can't agree it's like pretty much same with everything isn't it just <clears throat> whatever it's a tomato tomato people know what you tomato, mean tomato tomato thing isn't it really yeah potato yeah pot- but nobody calls it potato but yeah. there's some There's a couple of people in my mushroom club who are native Spanish speakers. So they pronounce all the Latin names as if they're Spanish. And like everyone knows exactly what they mean, but it's totally different from how Americans say a lot of them. You know, you, I just imagine it's mushroom club, like fight club. You don't, <laughs> you don't talk. Oh no, we talk about talk the about mushrooms. We talk about, <laughs> we talk about mushroom club. And you get some confused person coming along going, I don't think we we're supposed to be talking about this. It's like, no, no, you can, you can, you can, t- <laughs> you can, you can talk, talk about, about it, but you should really put your shoes back on because the floor is quite cold. There's no fight. The no thing mushroomers won't talk about is where their, their foraging spots are. Wait, like oh, if I what? have a morale okay. location. Really? Yeah. No. Is it like a kind of a, wow, okay. Because there's always like, I, something. I found this spot and they're going to come back every year. Those mushrooms are going to come up. And I do not want anyone else. So, to is there like a kind of like a board game geek version of you know, f- on on in the kind of the mushroom and fungus world? You know, they're 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 kind of like forums where people are kind of like going, yeah, well, you know, Mike came back with these amazing shiitakes, and he won't tell us, but we think he's he think he's going down <laughs> near Route ninety five. <laughs> you know, near where the near where the beach. Tr- Beach tree fell. That's where we think is going. Right. Kind of. Thing. Right. I didn't realize. Of course, there's obviously hobbies. Everybody thinks of drama in the board game hobby. It's like nah. There's drama in every hobby. The woolen, the wool knitting hobby. You know, the seamstress hobby. The the whittling wood hobby. Oh my goodness! You don't want to go for those people because they've usually got knives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you keep on tangenting on me. So we're going to talk about the base mechanics 
of undergrowth. Yes. How, does it, how does it work? So there's a, a shared play space in the middle of the mm. table. And that is starts out with five mushroom tiles uh-huh. in it. And you start out with one tree on the board, on one of the nodes. So if you picture the, the tiles laid out in a grid in the corners where the four tiles meet, yeah. that's where you can put trees. And um, your one tree has one root. Anywhere that you have a root... Mm-hmm. That's a mushroom that you can interact with. Wow. So one of the things you need to do during the game is get more roots out because you want to be able to activate different mushrooms because you're going to be giving them resources. You can make your own carbon because you're a tree. You're going to be giving them carbon and they're going to be giving you stuff that you need in return. And different mushrooms give you different combinations of things. And um, so part of what you need to do as you're building up in the game is like spread your pieces out and get roots on different mushrooms so that you can get stuff. Um, But then to score, you need to suck some of that carbon up onto the seedlings that you have put out on the board because that's sort of how you represent that they have grown up and gotten established. And so they're going to score based on each mushroom has a point value. And um, if, if the seedlings have carbon on them for each carbon that they got, on to them they get to score one of their roots so one of the mushrooms around them um if they manage to also get roots out so there's a lot of like you need this one thing Mm -hmm. to do this other Mm -hmm. thing but then Mm -hmm. that feeds into Mm -hmm. the other thing and um so it's very much a like taking efficient actions and trying to figure out the best way to to get stuff done there's um you're competing with folks definitely for positions Mm. of like they're nice juicy corners with lots of good stuff on them and someone might get there before you and so it can be kind of a race to get the resources you need to put out another seedling there and um it can be a race to suck the carbon up off of the board that people have been leaving out there um but so the the tiles themselves are quite unusual in that they've got the kind of the quarter circle cut in each corner so when they come together, right. that's when you kind of put your kind of, I guess, kind of like your kind of tree, your little, your little seedling, yep. and then you can put your kind of like your tree on top. And then yep. out of the corner of those, you've got like your root tokens. And I take it you're allowed to place, a, is it a root token kind of per round that then allows you to kind of take the actions or whatever associated with the, the kind of the mushroom tile, is that Well, every turn you get to take one action and an action might be paying for to put out a couple more root tokens or an action might be paying to put out a seedling or an action might be activating one mushroom Mm. to gather resources instead of paying them or an action might be sucking up a carbon Um, or there are um, I didn't mention, but uh, the mushrooms have different um, categories that they're in there's four different tiles you have and you sort of use them up so um the fifth action that you can take is to make some carbon of your own and also to refresh all of your mushroom activation tokens so it's sort of a reset turn like you have to take in century spice road and things like that although you get a bunch of stuff in addition to just flipping your tokens Yeah, yeah okay okay um so yeah, th- you're you're having to choose which of the five actions you want to do each turn, and so it's um, very much an economy of like, okay, what order do I do these in, and how do I do it most efficiently, and go as long as I can before I have to take that reset turn, and that sort of thing. How um, was it a, a complete colla- collaboration between you and 
and Mark, as in what did you did you come up with the idea and did they help you develop it, or has it been something that you've kind of both worked on from the kind of the beginning? Yeah, this one we definitely worked on from the beginning together. Um, he had he had been the developer on Mariposas, mm. and um, when once that was launched, we were like, oh, we should work yeah, on another game yeah. together. Um, so we started from scratch on this one. That's kind of cool. We had talked a little bit about like were there other migrations that we wanted to work on, but once I said that I had always wanted to do a mushroom game, he was like, "No, that <laughs> that's what we're doing." When you saw mycelium, were you a little bit like, "Yeah." Oh my God! There have been so many mushroom games that have come out in the last twelve months, like three or four of them. I didn't see that. I was like, "Oh, here we go! Oh, here's another mushroom game! Oh, there's another mushroom game!" It's like, "Mm, I wonder what's going to happen here. So I'm I'm choosing to be optimistic and think like this: how well they did is just a sign of how much demand there is out there. (laughs) Um, like mushrooms are definitely having a pop culture moment right now. A lot of people, our club doubled its membership over the course of the pandemic like people are very curious about mushrooms right now i think everybody's kind of looking at um <clears throat> alternatives to what they're doing and it's if you go to the store and you're kind of like uh i can't get vegetables for kind of like love nor money unless i'm paying kind of top dollar yeah. now because of the price of everything it's like can i go foraging what everybody else is kind of like is everybody yeah. kind of like doing um yeah i think part of it's foraging i think part of it is um the whole concept of the Mm. mycelium and the mycorrhizal networks and like that sense that everything is interconnected i think that's getting a lot of traction and public like common discourse Mm. um and psychedelics are getting a lot of attention right now too and that is like you cannot underestimate that as a way that people get into mushrooms and then they're like oh wait this whole scene is really interesting like it's not just the psychedelics i just wondered how many Um, people turn up to mushroom club oh yeah if if we have someone so we're very close to one of the universities that's been doing a lot of research on psychedelics as a treatment for ptsd and and uh, treatment resistant depression so we have them come talk every once in a while and and it is like standing room only at our meetings when when we have the psychedelic people talk um so yeah i mean and that's great that's it's a way in for people and but you know some of them stick around and just get really hooked on the whole kingdom of fungi and that's awesome so (laughs) in terms of then i mean you're going to aag or taking it to kickstarter this month yes november 7th the kickstarter launches are are you kind of like oh I just wanted to start at this point. I hate the wait. Yeah. Is there not... Is there not a a position that you could potentially... A publisher would just pick this up and just say, let's run with it? Or was it a case of it has to come to Kickstarter because we need to kind of see the... Because, okay, one of the things I'm aware of is like the, the Fox experiment wasn't that long as Gwingspan was going through its meteoric rise. But at the same time, I see Kickstarter serving the purpose when it comes to something like that to help as a kind of an overall marketing tool. Yeah, I think Kickstarter serves several purposes for publishers. One is marketing, Mm. like you said. 
One is sort of gauging the market because yeah. a lot of publishers don't have a good way to gauge like how many copies yeah. should we even print. Yeah. And it can be disastrous to be wrong in either direction, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you had the situation where Wingspan way underestimated and then they like couldn't catch up for a whole year as there was crazy demand. And, you know, the other side, if you print too many copies and you're like paying for warehouse space and you paid for the copies and like, that's that can be a real disaster to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third, it's just however many copies they sell on Kickstarter, they're getting full price for them instead of selling them to wholesalers at half price. So yeah. that's, you know, can't be underestimated either. That's a good chunk of change yeah, for a publisher. Yeah, I guess. And on the other side of it is if they manage to get like, say, 5,000 copies printed and three and a half thousand of them go to, um, go to backers and the other 1,500 can go to retail Again, you right. know, they're making some. They're kind of making some money off of that back right. of that, ha- right? Which is what's that's what's going to happen with Fox Experiment. It's absolutely going to be in retail, mm. and I'm sure Undergrowth too. They'll be in retail, but they they want that first print run yeah. to go through Kickstarter to get a sense of the market and to just kind of launch them off into the world. Is there going to be? Have you? And you might not, because I'm very, very aware that this can change right up to the last kind of 40 hours before launch. But have you been given any indication of how much it's going to be for like a pledge level and stuff like that at all? I actually don't know. I haven't asked. Right. I just, I should ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, it's something that they were trying to keep in mind, that they wanted to keep the price reasonable. It's not going to be a $100 game. Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're um, finding at the moment that being in the UK that everything just seems to be incredibly expensive which is going to put us yeah which is going yeah. to kind of put us off well and they're doing the you know they're doing the whole there's going to be a deluxe version and then the retail version and you can order either one so if you want to pay extra you can I wonder if there's a if there's a compostable <laughs> version uh, there is no plastic in the box the whole thing is, I guess technically would be compostable so. yes <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, Technically, what I would hope that you don't. But <laughs> well, no. I mean, of late, I mean, when I got um, expeditions, Jamie's mm-hmm. kind of gone down all this kind of like the packaging on his stuff. So all seems to be kind of absolutely mm-hmm. biodegradable, which is pretty, which is mm-hmm. pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm very conscious of the time, so I'm going to ask. Yes. I'm going to ask one more question, which is if people have listened along tonight and they're wanting to find about everything that you're involved in on the internet webs where can we find you on the internet webs i have a website that is elizhargrave.com there you go i decided my first name was too long so i didn't use the first four <laughs> is this going back to the the kind of the autograph type thing it's very long, <laughs> it's very long. <laughs> and for some reason my parents always used my full first name i've never shortened never it. So Eliz is not like a nickname of mine. It's just that my first name is too long. And and my cousin grabbed E. Hargrave as uh, an email address many years back. So I never started using that as, a, so as an abbreviation. So it's literally all your cousin's <laughs> fault. Um, of, it is. You know, what we'll do is we'll obviously, we'll put that link in the show notes with everything. I think I've got a list of all the other kind of links from last i'll just do a copy and paste, copy and paste from 2019 yeah. just a few more just games co- to throw just in the a mix couple and you'll extra be good kind of games to kind of like yeah. throw in the mix i'll make sure that everything kind of goes in the show notes so that we've got kind of links to show if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to go to the internet web search for we're not wizards and you'll find us in all the usual places under logs in the dark where the mushrooms might 
grow. Uh, there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Elizabeth? We are not there wizards. You go. And the second thing, I'm not doing the five star joke. It's too cold, too old, too long. <laughs> it's too cold. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from, you kind of want to do the fun guy thing, but don't want to do that. So I'm not going to. So it's a goodbye from Elizabeth. Say goodbye, Elizabeth. Goodbye. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful. And you might want to overgrove. <laughs> you might want to middle grove. But in a week's time, make sure you undergrove. <laughs> Until the next time. Goodbye. A wizard is never linked. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Mm-hmm.